In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. For one of the years that I was in seminary, I worked as a field education student at a crazy little church in South Philadelphia, right near the athletic complex. It was a newer building because it had been built especially for this union of two congregations. Um, This came out of the 1970s, and so the idea was that two congregations of different denominations might actually be capable of sharing a building and worshiping together and living and functioning as one congregation. And so, almost as a harbinger of things to come, uh, this was a congregation of one Presbyterian congregation and one Episcopal congregation. In fact, the Book of Common Prayer I most use now was given to me by the, the warden of the vestry of that half of that church. Just like you might imagine, the people who knew they were Presbyterian knew they were Presbyterian, and the people who were Episcopalian were proud of that. We had Episcopal Eucharist by the Book of Common Prayer every other Sunday, and the alternate Sundays we used the Book of Common Worship and used grape juice for communion. Everyone got along. I learned a lot in that parish. Not only was it two people from very different traditions coming together and making it work, um, but the congregation was extremely mission-minded. In the 1980s, they had been um, wide open to refugees from Cambodia and, and Laos. And so Cambodian and Laotian families were part of this congregation in South Philadelphia, which was mostly lapsed Roman Catholics who'd become Presbyterian or Episcopalian. Add to that, um, a group home was in the neighborhood where about 10 or 12 Down syndrome young adults would come to the church every Sunday. And so I had been there a month or so, and the, the, the pastor slash rector asked if I would preach the next Sunday. And I said, sure, but where do, you, where do you preach from? I don't see a pulpit. And he said, well, no, we stand in the middle and talk to people. So that was my first lesson. And so I prepared my sermon and was ready to go and sort of stood in the middle between the, um, the altar table and the people. And um, the, Down syndrome, the Down syndrome kids were, were talking to the sermon and to me. Um, the, the Laotian kids were missing. I'm not quite sure where they had gone that morning. Um, everybody else was sort of there. And then right as I began to speak, a woman sitting in the front row just began to nurse her child there in front of me. Um, lessons for ministry were learned that year. I can tell you that. Among the many, many things I learned was something deeply understood about the sacrament of baptism. When those two congregations united, um, they had a slight problem. What prayers do we use for baptism? The Episcopal ones or the Presbyterian ones? And so they got permission from the hierarchies and authorities in both denominations to write their own baptismal liturgy. And so they did that, and they used images and words and ideas that were true to both traditions and, of course, stood up to orthodoxy in both traditions. But then they added a piece that I thought was really, really brilliant. If I were baptized there, 
I would go forward and the liturgy would look very much like we're used to it looking. But then when the, the person baptizing, the, the celebrant, would baptize me, she or he would say, John Christian, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Alexandra, Christian, I baptize you. Cleveland, Christian, I baptize you. You get the idea. Um, Everyone's surname became Christian. It was such a lovely thing because it reminded everyone that we really are one family. Uh, We may look different. We may sound different. We may think differently. We may move and function differently. But through baptism, we're one family. We're, We're claimed in Christ's name, and we bear his name in the world. Through baptism, we die and rise again in Jesus Christ. As we were reaffirming our baptismal vows and we talked about how we repent and come to Christ again, someone in the very back giggled. I don't know if you could hear it on my microphone. What a perfect response it should be to giggle with joy that we have that opportunity every day, every hour to be forgiven, to repent, to start over again. Baptism reminds us of that possibility and reminds us that that is a part of who we are as people of Christ. We die to sin. We die to its power to overwhelm us, to to depress us, to, to make us feel like we'll never be good people. We die to that little voice that tells us we're unworthy. We die to evil, to its temptations, to its, its subtleties, its suggestions. We die to pride, to always having to have things our way, to never listening to other people, to believing that somehow we're better than other people. We, we die to all that stuff, then it falls to the bottom of the ocean. And then we rise as new people. We're born anew. We're born into a Christian community where we're all and always welcome. We are always accepted and we are always able to come home. We're born into a way that builds up, that encourages, that, that holds us in the community of faith, even if we feel like we might have fallen out of it. Throughout the scriptures, we're told about people who are changed whenever they come into contact with God. Moses never thought he could lead people. Sarah never thought she could have a child. Paul never thought he would change his way of persecuting Christians, much less become a Christian preacher himself. This is all connected to the resurrection. Baptism is connected to the resurrection, as Paul reminds us in tonight's epistle that we just heard. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For just as we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. 
The movement of Holy Week has allowed us to reflect on the events that have led up to the crucifixion of Jesus. At this Easter vigil, we affirm our baptismal vows. We continue in the days ahead to affirm that the power of the cross is such as transforms our lives. It lifts us from death and darkness and brings us into the full light of Christ, into the joy of God, into God's eternal laughter and love. Friends, let us give thanks this night that Christ's name is engraved on our hearts. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.